0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the channel. It's now my great pleasure to interview Jason Bayless, who is a founder of A Radical Guide, the founder of A Radical Guide, which is a user-generated content site that offers listings of historical and current locations, people and places of interest, highlighting the diverse world of resistance. I was really excited to discover this uh, a few weeks back. I discovered you through YouTube and then went to the website and I kind of thought wow this is such an amazing project and idea and why hasn't anyone done this before or if they have I've I've never encountered it. Um, Jason is also a diverse activist with a wide range of experience, he has travelled the US documenting documenting animal abuse in the entertainment industry, he is also president of the board of directors with the Centre for Farmworker Families a non-profit dedicated to education, advocacy, and support for farmworker families in the US and Mexico, and is also on the board of directors for Move to Amend, a coalition of organizations and individuals uh, working against corporate capitalism, including working together to end corporate personhood. Jason also recently retired from the board of the Chiapas, Chiapas Support Committee, a grassroots collective that serves as a centre for education and information information about Chiapas, and if I'm saying that right, the region in Mexico, uh, the Zapatista communities, and Mexico in general. Jason is on the Senior Advisory Committee for the Institute for Critical Animal Studies. The ICAS mission is rooted in animal liberation and anarchism and works for total liberation and the dismantling of all systems of domination and oppression. And incredibly, after all of this, in his free time, it's amazing that you've got any after all that, (laughs) Jason also supports volunteers and organisations to co-develop resources and trainings that strike at the roots of systems and structures of oppression. So thanks so much for joining me, uh, joining us on my little channel over in the UK um so yeah maybe first of all we can we can look at some of your history before we look at a radical guide and could you say a little bit more about your experience documenting animal abuse and neglect in the entertainment industry in the us and also is such abuse and neglect still a massive problem um has it or has it got significantly better in your lifetime well, first, thanks
1: for wanting to chat with me and having me on your channel. Um, um, it's an honor, and I'm happy to be here.
0: Right.
1: Um, so your question around documentation of animal abuse. So yeah, f- f- quick background. Um, I spent a couple of years um, following Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Circus, Um around from city to city, state to state, pretty much in the lower 48 here in the U.S., um, documenting uh, the treatment of of animals, specifically the elephants um, that were in the circus. And what that looked like was uh, Ringling Brothers has three units, two travel by train, one travel by like semi-trucks, so the semi-trucks, they load the animals all into the back of a trailer of, a, of a, a semi-truck and travel city to city. The other two load them up in trains and travel um, from city to city. And I, went, I would follow and track the two units that went by train. And so what that looked like would be I would try to arrive to the city before the train arrived. So I could be there at the depot where the train parks. Because what Ringling Brothers would do is take the elephants and all the other animals. And sometimes during the day, sometimes at night, depending on the media market and, um, that they chose, they would walk from the train to the arena where they were having the the show um, for that weekend. So I'd be there when the train arrived so I could film and document all activities happening from the train all the way to the arena. So that would just film, walk along the side side of the the you know side of the road, filming and documenting, making notes. Um, if we saw and when we did, because we did see it often, abuse, um, battery, anything that was um, unnecessary, we would report it to the proper authorities. Um, so we could. You know, And the, here it's the USDA, it's animal control, it's um, a wide wide range of organizations that we report it to. Um, and then I would also organize demonstrations every night they had a performance. So people would be out front of the, the arena talking, handing out leaflets, holding posters, doing chants, handing out information and talking to people, going in there, asking people have it be their last circus, you know. Um, and a lot of times people did not you know, they kind of knew but didn't have faith never was confronted with it so we were met with a lot of people handing over their tickets to us and turning away right. on the spot um and long story short in your in with your question is like have I seen improvement well ringling brother no longer exists here um uh, they when for lack of a better way to say it went out of business. So they were no longer performing. Um, their sales went down a lot year and year and year because I think their their sales went down because the awareness increased, the awareness of the abuse and the livelihood of these animals uh, that would travel from city to city were being more and more exposed. Um, so as information rose, demand, decreased and they find closed shop and they no longer travel um so that's not the end of the story because there's still a campaign trying to let's get the elephants because they there's a compound in the state of florida where the elephants go but there's also work to try to get these animals into a proper sanctuary because what po- most people don't know is that Ringling brothers used um asian elephants and the the kind of the path of Asian elements and where they were zoos and other other places would actually go to um, these locations and split up the family and bring them over and breed them and sell them to zoo circuses and stuff and that's where a lot of these animals came from. There's a great website and I, I can't remember the name of the website I'll find it before this conversation conversations over with so you can share it. that list all the elephants that were in Ringling Care and where they came from, if they were taken from the wild, they were bred in captivity and they're kind of their, the whole lineage there. Okay. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it's improving in some areas and not so much in others. Cause other areas of work was like the horse-drawn carriage industry and specifically, uh, um, if, and through my lens and the work that I did was in Manhattan in New York city. Um, cause, there's, there's a, a big um, horse-drawn carriage industry there, and it's not a proper life for a horse. It's concrete. It's in the middle of the city. Their noses are perfect height of the exhaust pipes of the cars in the city, and they're just constantly breathing that. they are work through horrible conditions, all, all weather conditions. Um, there's constant accident and cause death and harm to both the animal and, and the people riding the carriage. So there's there's a lot of work of trying to get other alternatives in there in the city versus having a useless horse drawn carriage thing because it's just nothing but animal abuse for money.
0: Sure, sure. Well, any any I mean any resources, websites, and so on. You can always just send me after the after the interview because it, it'll be a few days before I upload it anyways. So um, oh, yeah. Um, make a note so I don't forget. <laughs> yeah um so i mean it sounds like your campaign was definitely part of raising the awareness on the circus uh, on the mistreatment of the elephants so that's that's really great um yeah i just i just part of me wanted to ask you a question about why why that kind of circus treatment of mistreatment of animals is so normalized in society but it's a bit of a Maybe that's a bit too much of a broad question. I was just remembering when I was a kid going to see a little circus in the UK, and there was a yeah, there was someone riding around on the back of a horse, and you know, I was a kid, I just thought, yay, yeah, that's great, and uh, obviously I didn't think anything about how the animal might have been treated. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just so normalised. I guess the film industry is a big part of it, isn't it? Because we see a lot of this kind of treatment in films and tv series and cartoons even and stuff like that Uh, um
1: yeah i I think it's definitely embedded in the collective conscience that domination and control over others is 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 not frowned upon it's actually looked towards and you know like as you said in the younger age i grew up in texas my parents you know we we grew up on, on a farm there we had horses cattle's you know my chores when I was a kid was to feed the animals before going, going to school and then coming home and then helping my dad load up the animals to, in the trailer to take them to the, s- the local slaughterhouse. So he's it like, it's, it's, it's not a a thought process that we're taught or even asked a question. It's just no, this is just the way life is. This is the way it's, that's what they're here for. Yeah. And it's not until we are able to step away and actually go, why do we do it yeah. <laughs> it changes it um and even deeper to that you know i i looking back at it now i think it's funny because when i was a, a young kid my mom was a costume designer and she made costumes for ringling brothers and i have oh, photos of me oh as as a little kid behind the scenes at ringling brother with my mom you know and the acrobats and you know the people who rode, rode the motorcycles and stuff so you know, at the, the we don't know what we don't know and then when yeah. we do we have we need we need to <laughs> adjust. Sure, sure.